This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to this little introduction to Durham Nightline. Before we start, we would just like to say a big thank you to Purple Radio for their help. Before we get into the meat of what is Nightline and what is Durham Nightline specifically, we're just briefly going to introduce ourselves. I'm Claire, I use she they pronouns, I'm a third year Durham University student and I am one of the coordinators for Durham Nightline. Hi, I'm Charlie, I use she they pronouns, I'm a third year at Durham University and I am the training officer for Nightline. So what is Nightline all about? We're a listening service run by and for Durham students and every volunteer is a Durham student. We're one of the ways you can get welfare support in the uni, so this is alongside student welfare groups, college welfare and the counselling service. And we're proud to boast that last year Durham Nightline won Best Student Welfare Group. On top of being a welfare group, we're also in charge of welfare training, so if your college or a student group asks you for welfare training, we're the ones that provide that. And more specifically this term, it'll be our wonderful Charlie. So what do we do? We're here for you if you want to talk to someone, whether it's just having someone on the phone while you're walking back to feel safe, or whether or not you want to talk about something serious and get that off your chest. We're available from 9pm to 7am, Tuesday through to Saturday. We have two volunteers staying awake and available if you need someone to chat to. Throughout training weekend, but also in general, we show that Nightline has various different principles, which we make sure that all of our volunteers follow. So the first one is that they have to be non-advisory. So they will not give you any sort of advice if you do call on what you should do or should have done or the way that you should feel in a certain situation. They're here to listen to whatever you might want to talk about and might not feel comfortable talking to anyone else. We're also a non-directive service. That means that we're not going to push you to do something that you don't want to do. Our conversation is more about exploring your feelings about a given topic, about how you're feeling about a given situation, and letting you choose what you want to do from there. We are also 100% confidential. Anything you say will stay between you and the volunteer. Um, so our calls and our IMs are not recorded at all. So we're also an anonymous service, and I know that this might sound a little weird since we've just introduced ourselves at the beginning, but we do have some public faces, and these are the coordinators, which currently are myself, Ben, and Tasha, as well as our training officer, wonderful training officer, here with me. The volunteers that are the coordinators and the training officer are public-facing because they need to liaise with different organizations or with the university or the SU. So there are two different ways that you can contact our service. There's a phone line and there's also an instant message service. The number for the phone line is on the university website and on the back of your campus card. And if you are lucky enough, you'll have it on a key ring. Our number is also available on our website and our IM system is accessible through a chat button on our website. All our information can be found on the wonderful website, which is www.durhamnightline.com and any changes to the service or how it's run will be seen on our social media, so feel free to keep an eye out for those. So why contact Nightline? There's a wide range of reasons why someone might want to contact Nightline. As said before, it can be a light chat or to talk about something more serious. There are no time limits and our volunteers will be here for as long as you'd want. Uh, aside from the access to instant messaging system, the Durham Nightline website also contains some more information regarding our policies, regarding confidentiality, regarding how to make a statement, uh, how the organization works, and how we operate. 
Uh, we also offer active listening workshops to student groups around campus. Most colleges have their FREPs trained in active listening. We also regularly organize these workshops for various student groups or sports team welfare officers. So if you're interested in organizing such a workshop with us um, or your student group, feel free to send us an email about it at training at durhamnightline.com. We run a training weekend once every term. This term it will be on the 29th and 30th of October. After that it will be late January to early February and finally the weekend after the end of all the exams. The training weekend contains a mixture of small group sessions with current volunteers and these are designed to teach you active listening principles and techniques. And these will be mixed in with talks discussing a wide range of issues commonly faced by students that might turn to Nightline for support. So these topics can include responding to sexual violence disclosures, self-harm, eating disorders and suicide. These are all difficult topics to discuss for anyone, so each has its own set of content warnings. There is also a quiet room available with a volunteer in it at all times in case someone needs to take a moment out. If you're interested in taking up a welfare position during your time at uni, doing the training is also a really good idea as most colleges require their welfare officers to be Nightline trained. Honestly, no, being a trainer at the Nightline training weekends is probably... I mean, again, I am biased as the training officer, obviously. Not that biased. Um, I think you're correct by what you're yeah, going to say next. Well, yeah, yeah, but no, it's it's probably one of the most rewarding parts other than like taking the calls themselves. It's a very, very intense weekend. So seeing people actually absorb all of that information and take on all of those skills to the point where like they actually, some of them actually do become volunteers and do this kind of day in, day out is really amazing to see. Seeing you, for example, like going from just interviewing you and just like, I knew, I knew as soon as I interviewed you, I was like, damn, they're going far. And I was right, because here you are sitting there as our coordinator. If it helps, I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's really amazing to see someone kind of, and I know I can obviously think of others that I can't actually say their names, yeah. um, but there are quite a few like that that are currently on the service and it is really amazing to be part of that process yeah. and it really is something quite special and it's not something that I ever thought I could do to be honest um, and it did take a lot of pushing um, from Simon the previous director of Nightline who has been honestly amazing both as mental health support as well as an incredible help to literally everything that we're doing oh yeah everything at Nightline he continues to help and the emotional support for yeah. all volunteers um, He's, he's just really, really amazing. And he has, so I, would, I would argue he has revolutionized Durham Nightline. And I know for me, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be doing this role without him. Um, Absolutely, me too. Yeah. Same, high five. No. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I remember a conversation that I had with him um, because the first time actually that I was a trainer, um, the first training weekend that I did as a trainer, as a volunteer, um, I was paired with Simon to do the training. Um, and if any of you have ever met Simon, uh, he can be quite intimidating <laughs> because he really knows his stuff uh, when it comes to active listening. And it's it's very scary to witness because yeah. uh, he does not miss a single thing. So the next time that I was a trainer and paired with him again, um, I mentioned that I wanted to go for a committee role and I 
said that I eventually, you know, was thinking about going for training officer and therefore wanted to go for assistant training officer so I could, you know, be shown the ropes, see what it's like and then feel more prepared for it. And his only response was, absolutely not, go straight for training officer. Yeah. <laughs> and to have him, like, in all his experience and knowledge, say that to me, having just watched me train people for that day, I cried. I literally cried because it just meant so much coming from him. <laughs> I want to hug you. Oh. <laughs> oh god. I mean, yeah, shout out to Simon, but also like <laughs> If that wasn't obvious, we're, we're, this is a, just a one massive shout out to Simon. Yeah, I mean, training weekend is incredible. Just being able to see that many people who are genuinely involved and wanting to learn more about mental health is just so lovely. Like I am third year of psychology student and I know that Nightline has done so much more for like my motivation towards working in mental health as well as like my career paths and directions than my degree has ever done. And I think feasibly could ever do. So to become a volunteer, you have to go through the training weekend and then at the training weekend, we will give you a link to sign up for interviews. Um, during these interviews, you will be assessed on your skills throughout the training weekend. So your active listening skills, as well as how to adapt these two different types of calls, as well as instant messages. These interviews are meant to cement your skills, and we are not expecting your first interview to be perfect. We are aiming for improvement across all interviews, as well as a working knowledge of our policies. The number of interviews each candidate is invited to ranges from one to three. Our interviews are three hours long. Three hours might seem like a long time, but trust me, it goes really fast. And the reason that they go so fast is because we'll actually run through role plays, which will be on a varying range of topics that we've mentioned previously. During these interviews, the interviewer will pretend to be a caller to assess your responses as the interviewee. After each role play, you will be given feedback by your interviewer, so your skills will then be allowed to improve throughout the interview. As such, interviews are a way for you to practice the skills learned during the training weekend, during different scenarios, so that if you do become a volunteer, you are confident in your abilities on picking up the phone. The interview system is not a competitive one. It is far from it. Our aim is to get as many volunteers as possible. If you do fit the criteria, you are on. So if only two people meet these standards, then we only take two people. If 20 meet these standards, we will happily take all of them on. So what is it like being a volunteer? It's a really flexible commitment. You can do as little or as much as you like, from taking a shift once every so often to taking a shift once a week and being involved in the executive committee. You choose how much you want to do. We tend to say that the minimum requirement is doing two shifts a term. And it's important to note that we do not split shifts either, so volunteers will be on duty from 9pm to 7am. While on duty and in between calls, volunteers can do a range of things and sometimes they'll read, sometimes they'll work, or they'll just relax, have a chat, watch a movie or play a board game. It's a very informal atmosphere to be in normally. At the end of the shift, a volunteer would go home and get some sleep and then go back to their day-to-day -day life. Being anonymous is important for the callers, but equally important to the volunteers as it gives them the possibility to take off the nightline hat when they get back into their normal life. However, as we mentioned earlier, you can also get involved in the committee if you decide you would like to help in a slightly different way. There are many different exec positions, from publicity, to supplies, to socials, to training, to rota, and many more. So if there's something that interests you, 
let us know. Volunteers can be affected by more difficult calls that come in. For this reason, there is an extensive network of support structures within the organisation for volunteers to turn to. We also have links with the University Counselling Service and other organisations for volunteers to get support. We also have our support officer and our wonderful coordinators. We have also built up a community among Nightline volunteers that we all look out for each other. I know in my personal experience that this has been super key. When I took my first very, very difficult call, I was really scared about how I would deal with it, how I would cope with it. Um, but Tasha, our now coordinator, um, was there dutying with me at the time. And um, they were so wonderful. Um, it's a weird thing, but orangutan ASMR, excellent self-care. <laughs> Highly recommend. If you haven't seen it, go and search it on <laughs> YouTube. It's wonderful. And yeah, Tasha again was wonderful. And I could say this about any of the volunteers also. Uh, they're all wonderful. But in this specific case, Tasha walked me all the way home uh, just to make sure I was okay and saw me later that day um, sending me messages and making sure everything was all right and that I was okay. Um, and I'll be endlessly grateful for that because that was the first uh, difficult call I ever took. And I know it would have been so much more difficult if Tasha had not been there. I can honestly say for all the volunteers that are anonymous and I cannot mention their names, I don't feel like there is a single person in the Nightline community that I couldn't turn to and that I couldn't talk about my feelings with. And I think that is something that is truly special. That's really sweet. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, um, I'll talk a bit about my experiences afterwards because like I've got to leave a little bit of a space after that. Like amazing. <laughs> Side note. But yeah, also shout out to literally all of our anonymous volunteers who are just honestly just the loveliest people who do it for barely any recognition at all other than the fact that they can help other people shout out to them because they are awesome and we could not run without them so love you guys love you guys no honestly it is such a privilege actually to be a public face because you actually like it sounds it sounds really selfish but you do get credit because people know who you are no but they are genuinely so amazing like i am in awe of all our volunteers and how hard they work and um, for literally no credit it's just yeah. purely out of the goodness of their hearts and they are truly some of the most wonderful people i've ever met. oh my god i'm getting choked up um they are they are truly some of the most wonderful people i've ever met in my life and it is a privilege to know them i think there's also that aspect of just being around people who genuinely care about mental health they're willing to take time out of their week of their month to actually help and do this for again little to no recognition it's just like you will be surrounded by really genuinely lovely people so yeah the community is lovely <laughs> yeah it's one everyone is so inclusive like i was particularly worried going in because when i first became a volunteer it was slap bang in the middle of the pandemic it was only an instant messaging service and everything was done online um and i was obviously extremely apprehensive about being a newbie anyway um but also fitting in with the community because everything was online it made everything so much more difficult um but everyone was still made me feel so included everyone was so friendly and i don't feel like i missed out despite it being online for a good chunk of time and 
I think that's something that's actually quite impressive. Yeah, everyone's so lovely. Nice. I feel like we can't sing their praises enough is yeah. the thing like they're actually amazing I literally I, do, I don't know how to express in words how amazing they are and selfless and compassionate and just every incredible adjective I can think of like they're yeah. actually amazing it, it it kills me a little bit that sometimes people just don't necessarily realize that there are people behind the scenes who are just helping so much and who care genuinely so much yeah and bear in mind, these are all students. They're all yeah. doing their degrees exactly. on top of this, oh my which goodness. is which is really like logistically the most incredible part about this is that they're, they're just like the for time the most part, skills. They're full time students. They are full time students. Mm -hmm. Some of them work jobs on the side. Like yeah. again, some are on committee as well as as well as like dutying. Like it is yeah. really truly incredible that they're giving up their time for something that's just so selfless and requires so much compassion. They're really just, I, I cannot sing their praises enough. Yeah. I really can't. Anyway, aside from operating the service as a volunteer, um, you will also have other opportunities to get involved. So for instance, one of them is to be on the exec. Um, so there are a lot of different positions. Some of them are quite light and not as big of a commitment, whereas others are more time consuming and a bigger commitment, but they are also very rewarding. <laughs> For a lot of our volunteers, the social aspect of Nightline is one of the best parts. As a volunteer, you will be regularly invited to socials, and you will be able to get involved with different aspects of the service, from taking shifts to training new volunteers, being a part of support networks, or even taking up leadership positions within the organization. We've collected a little bit of quotes from some of our anonymous volunteers because I think they deserve a shout out and We'll just run through some of their experiences or their thoughts about Nightline throughout the past years. Um, one of the quotes is, Nightline is something I poured so much of my time and effort into that rewarded me three times what I put in. I've gained more skills and made friends and felt like I've made a positive impact on the Durham community. Another one said, there isn't one rewarding thing. The whole service is just unbelievable sometimes. To think that during the night two of us are there is just incredible. And the most rewarding thing is to know that on some nights, I'm one of those two. Another one is, um, looking back will be hard. And I'll think of all the callers that I have had the absolute privilege of talking to. I feel so lucky that it was me who answered the phone and had the chance to be there for someone. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, shout out to them. Um, but we we honestly could not do Nightland without our wonderful anonymous volunteers. They're so. making me tear up, and it's, they're not even here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. So a little bit about how I joined the system. So I joined a bit late. I joined in the first term of second year. I say late, it's late for me. It's not actually late. I was really worried about having struggle fitting in because I saw how well everyone was interacting with each other and they had their own dynamics and how they were doing that. And it feels a little um, odd to have this thought now because everyone really tries to seamlessly 
make you part of the group. I remember having my second interview with Charlie being very like welcomed and everything. Then going on to my next interview with Ben and him recommending me a book. Then going on and like meeting like more of the the directory of the vices and they were really, really lovely individuals. And at every single point, they tried to make you feel as welcome as they possibly could. I do not know a thing that they could have done more. I even remember Charlie and Ben meeting up with me in a coffee shop and talking (laughs) over committee positions. Um, they were apprehensive about going for social sec and now here they are as our coordinator (laughs) it it was a wild ride let's just say that but yeah everyone from the get-go is really trying to make you as as included as possible and that's just really lovely the social aspect is really important and honestly has made me feel very welcome but obviously one of the aspects that's made me want to do nightline and continue to want to do nightline beyond the social aspect is actually taking the calls. I always have like a bit of an issue like talking about like how I feel about taking calls and stuff like that because saying oh I feel happy is really weird because obviously you're getting to talk to people when they're at their most vulnerable Um, and saying that I feel happy afterwards never quite feels right. I've had calls that have literally moved me to tears Charlie has been there with me when that (laughs) happened and gave me a hug. Um, But yeah, and some that I'm sure will stick with me far beyond my time at Durham and probably forever. However, even though I think happy isn't quite the right word, taking calls has made me feel incredibly rewarded and like a unique kind of fulfillment that I feel has made me more content day by day. Um, and really changed, I believe, kind of the course of my life, which is really corny to say, but yeah, (laughs) it's true. No, it is so true. Like, and a lot of people ask about the difficult calls and ask, well, how do you do it? For me, at least, I think the ones that you think you're going to find most difficult um, and even the ones that have affected you enormously personally um, are actually some of the most rewarding ones to take. Uh, I know that has been very true of my experience. I knew I was probably going to get a specific topic of call at some point, and I was very, very anxious about it. But when I finally did, it felt so rewarding to take it because I empathised so strongly with what that person was going through. And knowing that I'd kind of got them through it in some sort of way was really, really emotional and really just gratifying in a way that I find kind of difficult to put into words. I've literally got chills right <laughs> <laughs> um, So we're gonna run through some like frequently asked questions um, and some of them are, do you have any flexibility for your duties? So you absolutely do. You basically put down which dates work for you and then our rotor officer sees which best works for the timetable. And then if you end up not being able to make them to that duty, you just send a message off to rotor officer letting them know. But yeah, um, we basically say a minimum requirement of two duties a term. Uh, but again, your mental health comes first. So I've at any point, it's too much. Totally fine. Your mental health comes first. We do have support services as well to help you through that. So what do you do to prepare for a duty? I've had this question asked me a lot. And honestly, it depends on the volunteer. We ask our volunteers to show up to the office a little bit in advance, uh, make sure all the technology is set up, uh, and make sure everything is running smoothly. Our office is stocked with tea, coffee, and snacks, and sometimes games to make it as comfortable as it possibly can. I personally, before duty, will have dinner with my housemates, 
and then we'll take the stuff I need for duty. So that's my phone, my laptop, some snacks, um, sometimes my chest set, and <laughs> if there's any like spare time on duty. The morning after shift, around half past seven, I get home, have some breakfast, go to bed until midday or 2 p.m. Um, but there's no right way of doing it. Like, how do you do it? Um, I I don't prepare very well, <laughs> in all honesty. Valid. Um, I've got a, because I always forget stuff going to a duty, which is an absolute nightmare. Um, so I've kind of put a physical list and pinned it on my wall of things I need to bring with me. And one of, probably my favorite thing to bring um, is my massive thick blanket that's just so fluffy and it's so soft. It looks wonderful. And I, oh, I make sure I take that with me, particularly if it's um, winter um, and I have to take that with me. It's, it's, it's a must have, it's so nice. <laughs> So, how many calls or contacts do you get in a night? Our nights are very variable, and we tend to say that there is no typical number of calls, no typical number of IMs, no typical topic, and no typical caller. It's totally, totally different every night. Next question, I'm struggling with some mental health issues, and I'm worried that I might get a call on something that could trigger me. Do you think it is a good idea to volunteer? So before we say anything, it's important to note that your mental health comes first, and you should first and foremost take care of yourself. Another point to note is that many current volunteers, as we've mentioned, have topics and calls that might weigh heavily on their chests. And of those, some might actually have a call on that topic, and we're not going to lie, it's not easy. However, some volunteers have said that being able to help these callers through that topic of call gave its own unique sense of reward. And all that being said, being able to recognize that this is not something you want to do and taking some time to take care of yourself takes its own unique kind of bravery. Your mental health always comes first. Durham Nightline has been operating since 1973, and so we are now entering our 50th year of service. Um, since then, we've instituted a bunch of different roles from training hundreds of students and staff on a wide range of topics from active listening to mental health to panic attack procedures. We provide annual freshers representatives training to 16 colleges and welfare training to student and college welfare teams. It is through all this that we have chosen to implement a slightly different model this year. Aware of the difference that we've made raising the discussion around mental health and seeing so many different students now more equipped to support one another, we have decided that Nightline should take more of a role during the daytime. I know, quite counterintuitive. In practice, that means leaning further into providing training, support and resources for an even wider scope of people in the hope that this will help to bolster the structures of care and support in Durham student community. We will still be offering the same confidential active listening service, which will remain open to all Durham University students. But in that our service is run entirely by students, for students, we are taking strides to ensure that the well-being of our volunteers, our wonderful volunteers, is assured through these changes. This means that our phone line and IM service will now be available from Tuesday to Saturday nights of term, from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. For wider student support, we implore students to utilize the support services which are often offered through Samaritans, a fellow active listening service which gives its callers a non-judgmental open space to speak about what they'd like. They can be contacted at 116-123 and more information can be found at samaritans.org. 
So if you have any questions at all, there are many ways to contact us. So you can contact us through our social media. Our Instagram is probably answered more regularly than our Facebook, but both will be answered as swiftly as possible. We can also be contacted through email. If you have questions about training, feel free to email me at training at durhamnightline.com. If you have any other questions, feel free to contact us at coordinators at durhamnightline.com. I just realised I indicated towards you and I cannot see you. So if I feel free to email me at coordinators at, du- at durhamnightline.com. Our social media will have updates about our schedule, timetable and training weekend dates. If you are interested in being a volunteer or just learning more about active listening and mental health issues, sign-ups for the October training cycle are now open. Again, head to our social media for more information and the sign-up form. We are truly excited to see what these changes may bring and the difference we believe they will yet make. Thank you to all of our amazing anonymous volunteers and to the Durham student community for showing a genuine love and appreciation for the service we provide. And that's it from us. We hope this run-through of the different aspects of Nightline was insightful and we really look forward to getting to meet some of you during our next training weekends. Anyway, what do we want our exit to be? Um, self care. Self care. <laughs> Make sure to self care and peace out. <laughs> oh God. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.